0: Hi, you're listening to The Comedian's Tea Party with Cy Deves. Fair warning, this podcast may contain adult content. It may not. I don't know. I never really have a plan. So let's listen on and find out. Hello and welcome back. ...to the Comedians Tea Party with side ease. It's been a while, so I really appreciate you coming back... ...to listen to more, to, to more. People have been consistently asking me... ...where where the podcast's been, and if it's coming back. And basically, it's, it's a bit of a long story. It will come up in a later episode. Like, I'm recording with Michael Legg ...and he's going through a similar thing. So I assume that conversation will come up. But, uh, as you know... If you listen to the older episodes, I I had a baby last year, so that has been very time-consuming. And long story short, split up with my wife. So, you know, that's been time-consuming as well. I've been sort of moving out and, and all sorts. And uh, and uh here we are. I'm now, I'm now able to record more episodes and, and do some more things. I, I, I say record more episodes. The first two that are coming out, this one, as you'll know through the conversation uh, as it goes on, this one was recorded e- about a year ago, maybe slightly less. Long story short, the baby hadn't been born yet, because we were talking in it about my uh, my ex being pregnant. So yeah, the baby hadn't been born yet, and I was still married. And then uh, I've got another episode recorded with Matthew Crosby, where the baby had been born... Uh, but I was still married, so now the next episode that I record, the baby will be born. And well, te- I'm technically I'm still married, but uh, not for long. So yeah, that's where I've been. That's that's where all the time's gone. So thanks for coming back. I, n- I need this. No, it's uh, I'm good. I'm doing very well. But I'm, I'm I'm glad to have you back and listening to this episode fifty three with. A good friend of mine. Uh, he's an author. He's an improviser. He is. Uh, he's. He's started. He's, he's. done a few stand-up gigs. He's getting into it, and he's good. So go go and check him out whenever you can. Also read his books, which he will talk about further in the podcast. And he's my good friend Paul Sheeneka. Now, Sheeneka. Obviously, you can see that written down in the uh, in in the podcast title and it's, you know, I'll put the social links up and all sorts anyway, so I'll I'll do that bit for you. But towards the end of the podcast, he offered to write a rap explaining his surname, how to spell it, and uh, I had forgotten about that until I went to, uh, until I was editing the podcast uh, yesterday, and then I asked him if he'd remembered that he was going to do the rap, obviously he he hadn't done it he wrote it he's done it he's recorded it i'm going to put it at the end of the episode so that is absolutely something to look forward to it, it is brilliant in a couple of weeks possibly i'll put it out as the as a, as another clip cuz it's it's great but that is that's well worth listening to so yeah i mean to speak of changes obviously since uh, i was i was still married and baby hadn't been born yet and through the episode was also talking about his girlfriend who he'd forgotten to bring to the podcast record. They're not together anymore either. He also mentions being, well, I mentioned him being vegan. He, he talks about oat milk. He's not vegan anymore. Maybe he'll go back to it. I don't know. But uh, So, yeah, the baby's been born. Both relationships are over. He's in the new one. He's not vegan now. We both changed jobs. I'm now editing uh, videos for a living. And Well, most of my living. I'm also doing quite alright in stand-up, which is lovely. Speaking of, I'm doing a, a sort of a, a mini tour of Cyclops, which is the show that I was working on before. It's all done. It's good. It's a good show. And I'm going to be doing a little tour of it, so you can find tickets for that. The best place you can go is just go to uh, my link tree. Go to linktr.ee forward slash sideeves, and you will find links to the show's there. So I'm doing a little tour of it. And then a little bit later in the year. This isn't booked yet, but it is confirmed, if that makes sense. I'm recording it. I'm gonna record it for the internet. So you can watch that from wherever you are, which is wonderful. If there's anywhere that you want me to come and do the show, get in touch because I will I will travel. If you can, you know, if it's an area where I can get minimum 20 people, I just need to cover my cost of getting there, really. Ideally, I'd make some money because that is how i earn my living. But regardless, I'm just happy to do the show, uh, especially if it's not too far. But if it is far, then I, I, I do need to make money. So and unless you want to pay the, the full fee, find some friends. Oh, I also talk about Smuggler's Brew being my favourite tea at the end, which it still is. I still love it because, you know, I love the connection to Cornwall. But that same company I've now discovered make a tea. I say it's the same company. They're technically called like Essex Tea and Coffee now. Uh Not now. They've got subsidiaries. I don't know who the original is. I suspect it may be Smugglers Brew. I'm not sure. But they make Saxon Brew, which is Essex Tea, designed to work with our water, which, let me tell you, is wonderful. Big fan. And so we start off in this episode mid sound check uh, I've left it in because it, it's really funny it made me laugh a lot uh, so I, I, I may p- even put that out as the snippet we'll see I, d- I hope this episode will translate well all I know is when we were recording it we had so much fun it was so funny we were just laughing the whole way through and even editing it back the best thing is about that is I didn't remember everything that we were talking about but listening back I, I couldn't stop laughing the whole way through. It's great. So, I, I hope you enjoy it as well, as, as much as I did listening back. I don't know if that's narcissistic. I don't care. It's very funny. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really funny episode. We discuss all sorts of things from how technology can lead to existential crises and how koalas would be the perfect criminals uh, through to how his brother might well be a psychopath. Listen on. It's very funny. I'll see you at the end. Thanks so much for listening. I think that's recording. You say words? Not words. Famously. Famously for (laughs) Scatman. (laughs) In what way? He doesn't say any words. I think if
1: you were to look up the lyrics of Scatman, it might have those noises. So... who's to say oh they're not in the dictionary yeah just because they're
0: written down doesn't mean they're words oh yeah like i could i could write down any combination of letters and that wouldn't necessarily make it a word would it
1: no you sound like my agent (laughs) (laughs) lovely stuff lovely stuff oh how's that going the book Mm. yeah it's going i'm on version six Yeah. A bit at the moment. So he called me a week and a half ago. I can't remember if I've spoken to you about it. And he was cruel to be kind about it. I'll be positive about it. Yeah. Because it is a positive thing. Yeah. That's great. Ultimately, it's where we all want to be, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah. You're writing a book. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got an idea for a
0: book. We've all, apparently, you know, they say we've all got a book in us. Mm. Uh, not all of us have eaten one.
1: No. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> why, why did I imagine an x-ray of someone's... <laughs> Just, like, with but, a Bible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, the... was, it is a Bible, though, in the image, isn't it, in your head? Uh, mine's The Little yeah. Book of Calm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course it From is. From Black Books. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I always tell people that when... Because I've become... Really, I've become an advocate for everyone writing and everyone talking about their mental health. They're like my two things. and I mean, one of those, I think, is important. Yeah, but mental health is important as well. Right, that's a fair point. Yeah. And as such, when people say, oh, I wish I, wish I could find the time to write, I'm like, you can. The yeah. only difference between me is that I'll ignore people for weeks at a time to do the thing. It's the only difference. Really.
0: Yeah. yeah, you just got to, uh, just got to accept that you, you don't talk to people anymore.
1: Yeah, someone, I can't remember who it was, like a famous writer said their, their writing advice was sit in the chair for like two hours a day, they'd just sit in the chair whether they were writing or not. Maybe I'll Google that. Which chair? The, their writing chair. <laughs> <laughs> not the electric
0: one. <laughs> I was thinking like toilet. <laughs> That's the throne. Yeah, porcelain the throne, of course. The throne. Are we Googling who said that?
1: Yeah sit in the chair meaning? Uh, We all know what it means. Make themselves comfortable. That's not the quote I'm thinking of. No. It's one of those things where it's very difficult to find someone specifically. It's definitely attributed to someone, famously. It's like uh, some people feel the rain, others just get wet. You know, the way that's attributed to Bob Dylan, Bob Marley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Socrates. And you're like, someone might have said it at some point originally, but yeah, hard it, to tie down. Who's the
0: drunk Irishman?
1: Oscar Wilde. <laughs> he probably said it. He probably said He, he said, said so it. many He's good said things. so many things. Really good. Like, uh, well,
0: we're, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars.
1: Yeah. Lovely. He... He was into like sound bites before people. That's basically what quotes yeah. are now. We just call it a soundbite, right? Yeah, probably didn't call it that then because
0: recording equipment was uh, rudimentary. Scanty. Yeah,
1: yeah. Julia Julia Fox is probably a modern day Oscar Wilde. I'd say. Uh, who's Julia Fox? She dated one of the Safty brothers, Benny Benny Safty, I think. Okay, and, and uh, who are the Safty brothers? The Safdie brothers directed Uncut Jams. I don't know what that is. So they they made a film called... Am I
0: incredibly uncultured or are you being very
1: pretentious? It's a mixture. I feel like most people know Uncut Gems is is the Adam Sandler film that came out like two years ago that had a lot of Oscar buzz. He should have... One if he didn't win, I don't know. He won like the Independent Spirit Award for it. Right. But it's uh, it's a very you'd love it because it's very anxiety ridden as a okay. film. Yeah. And before that they made good time with <laughs> Paul knows me personally, by the way. That <laughs> is, uh, they made good time with Robert Pattinson and that's similar where you're watching it and it feels like a panic attack. You honestly dig <laughs> yeah, in. Yes, that's great. Dig in. <laughs> uh, so Julia Fox was interviewed recently and she described herself as being I'm sure it's Benny Safdie's muse when he wrote "Uncut Gems," but the way that she said it then became a, a meme. Oh, I see because she pronounced. She's got a like a New York, New Jersey type accent. Yeah, and she says, "Well, I was Benny Safdie's muse so when he wrote Uncut Gems,' and that became <laughs> okay. that became meme worthy. Lovely stuff. So she's a modern
0: Oscar Wilde, is what I'm saying. I might try and find that soundbite and then play it.
1: As you say it, oh, get it to...
0: I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote on Kajam. Right.
1: It would, it would match up perfectly, I'm mm. sure, because I'm very oh, I've got internet savvy. Do you want to use... I, I will, because they're there, composers.
0: yeah. Oh, my God. Named by Stuart Goldsmith. That's, the, that's beautiful. The 10th like like episode. Look at that action.
1: Because they're like spoons, but tweezers. And what was it? Speezers. Speezers. But spoozers. spoozers, I believe. Spoo- yeah, spoozers is better than spoozers. Yeah, trip, uh,
0: Don't put it onto that tea bag uh, because that is
1: that is pregnancy tea. Yeah, she offered me the pregnancy tea, and I was very tempted. Yeah, but you don't want a soft cervix at this point in your life. No, I worry that my, if I, if my cervix was any softer, it, would just, <laughs> it just it just slides straight out. It crumble like feta. Yeah, surely that would be harder. Oh, feta, feta
0: crumbles. It's a soft. Yeah, shape. but if it's right, because it's so soft. I <laughs> yeah, see. you don't want bones at all. Like well, I don't generally attribute things that are soft as things that will crumble. I suppose soft rock would crumble, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Fair enough.
1: I don't want. Yeah, I don't want a, a frail old cervix. No, I want a soft
0: young hip cervix. Yeah, a hip cervix. A, a hip cervix. Uh, I think that's where cervices are. I'm, I'm assuming that that is the. Uh, uh, the pluralism.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, as I was pluralism explaining is that it, a word?
1: I'll, pluralism. It yeah. sounds like a word. It, it does sound like I a said word. it really confidently. Yeah. To pluralise. Yeah. Yeah. Pluralism.
0: Yeah. A singular plural. You know. What would, well, it'd be you know the 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 the, the result of a pluralisation. Yeah. Pluralism. Or just plural. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that might works. be the word. Yeah. That might be the
1: word. And you're a writer. <laughs> mm-hmm A lot of that comes down to writing a sentence and then querying every word within that sentence.
0: Yeah, well, that's the beauty of computers.
1: Yeah, the, the red squiggly line tells you that your surname is incorrect.
0: Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you get that more than I do. Yeah. does
1: Dave's, Is Deeves recognised? No. No, no, no. It's you, right, it's not you, you ever had thing. an existential crisis because Word doesn't know you exist? Uh, not as much as when I pick up my phone and it
0: says face not recognised. <laughs> <laughs> why no, why well, do you think... Your face isn't being recognised. Really? I don't know. I will generally hold my phone in like in good light mm. at the correct angle. Yeah. The same angle at which I held my phone when I took the original photos for security purposes. Yeah. Uh, and it still comes up saying face not recognised. And I just mad. think for that brief moment. Uh, well, worse still, fingerprint not recognised. It's definitely mine.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's more worrying, I think. I've, I've been so hungover like, that my uh, face hasn't been recognised. That was a scary moment. Yeah.
0: Do you like, it's because of your eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Very derived. small,
1: very puffy when I'm hungover.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's Rorschach, isn't it? In uh, In Watchmen, mm-hmm. his face
1: changes. Maybe I've got fingerprints that do that. You've got Rorschach's fingerprints? Yeah.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah.
1: What a terrible, terrible reflection. <laughs> that, yeah, that would, that would not be. Although, good if you're committing crimes. Sure. But whenever anyone talks about fingerprint recognition, it... Reminds me that I once heard that koala bears don't have fingerprints and therefore they'd be the perfect criminals. Okay. Right. That is interesting because what animals do have
0: fingerprints? I, I'd guess... Like chimps, I I'd, suppose. Yeah, I'd
1: guess chimps. Like the monk, the monkeys. Gorillas? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. Uh, what's the word for them? Simians. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah,
1: I think so. Well, they have to be pretty dexterous to use their mobile disco.
0: Yeah, Simeon. primate. I'm going to post myself. You should be. I'm going to delete the bit where I doubted myself and to sound really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. So, uh,
1: well, welcome. Let's get started. Now, <laughs> you you've heard the podcast. You know, you know it started a long time ago. Uh, yeah, it's. I I think the best kind of podcasts are those that start with that. Not a preamble, but just very naturally fall into conversation, and then the guest had to say oh, have we started? So yeah. pretend that I've just done that. Oh, have we Have we started? And you say, yes. yeah. Yeah,
0: that's right. I can't remember who it was I had on, but it was someone who often plays like a really specific character on stage. And then they, they were like, Oh, we started, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's too late." Like everyone already knows who you are. Oh, no,
1: and what? So they were, they were that far removed from their
0: stage? No, it's, it's just a natural conversation anyway. But yeah. like, yeah, their, their their persona on stage, I think they sort of intended to have that natural conversation as that character. Mm. Uh, so it's quite nice to
1: catch them off guard. Yeah, that's what that's what people want. Isn't yeah,
0: they? and I think the <laughs> the interesting thing about that is when you have a conversation with someone, and you you suddenly realise. Oh, they're still them. <laughs> they're exactly the same like mad bastard as they are off stage. I mean, like Paul Perry would be a great example. But then yeah. I don't think at any point I ever thought that that wasn't truly him.
1: Yeah. So I've seen Paul Perry perform a number of times and, and met him probably through our little circle of yeah. comedy friends locally. And yeah, he's he's just got that that force about him at all times, oh, and, you, and you know there's... that that is.
0: People talk about having a spark and mm. you can tell that like, there's just, there's constantly just like a spark plug, just, just going off every now and then, like yeah. you, you, he's ready, but like not in the, uh, in the sense where, you know, quite often it, if you're stuck in a car share with someone who's always on, mm. it's different because yeah. you know, he's not that guy. He's just, he's got, he's always got the spark. He's not always trying to be funny. He's just Paul Peary at, at, at all times of the day. Yeah is a uh,
1: quintessential pulpity and that's such a, a charming thing for someone to have to not be for it not to feel for it to seem very natural that that's just their their personal yeah affectations or whatever else it happens to be and that maybe when they're on stage that's slightly amplified but it's not absolutely yeah a yeah, character exactly that. yeah that. I mean
0: I think that's that's very much what I try and uh, do. And a lot of people will come up to me, and after my first few gigs, people will come up to me and say, how'd you come up with that character? And yeah. it's like, it's very much my personality, but thank you.
1: It, I imagine it's very, they very quickly realise. Oh, it doesn't take long, yeah. yeah.
0: What, 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 what is it you're referring to? Yeah, I mean, this is, I think this podcast is probably the most relaxed I get, uh, becoming more side Aves than I am on stage, but then I think on stage I'm probably more side Aves than I am in real life. Yeah, I'm it's... constantly a a, a a stronger version of myself. <laughs> stronger? Yeah. Not sure that's the word I mean. Strong, uh, stronger, like tea. <laughs> stronger in flavour. Not always a good thing. More intensely side Aves. Yeah, just the, the bag
1: is left in. Yeah,
0: yeah. But that is uh, it's 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 interesting. It's something that I try and harness. Is I've had a number of gigs recently where I essentially just have a breakdown on stage, uh, and I just go sort of high pitched and and uh, frenetic, shall we say, and it's, it's really fun. It's really really fun just to sort of allow that to happen. Yeah. To I I think that's something like you see, you see people people try and do it sometimes, but like they've not had the experience. Whereas I've
1: spent years on stage trying to work out how to be on stage because mm-hmm. it can. Mm-hmm seem quite self-destructive if you haven't already harnessed control of that room to then... Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You've got to be... That's the That's the thing. That's the difficult thing is being what is essentially a, a self-imploding, like self-deprecating version of yourself but still yeah. be the dominant force in that room. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I had a... Uh, I, don't, I don't want this podcast to be all about me but I, like, I had a, um, a preview in, in Cambridge a few weeks ago and I didn't do—I would say—twenty minutes of the show because I was just—it was so much fun. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever had. Uh, and at one point, I, well, it's a brag. Um, like I would say, about fifty percent of the room were literally crying with laughter, and that's—I uh, don't, I don't think I've had that level. Of, uh, of, of people you know like people on separate occasions have cried with laughter sure but like that was it's a lot it was a, yeah. a universal thing it's, it's beautiful yeah mm. that
1: is and it, it has to be earned through you having gone through those different meals yeah. and recognising what does and doesn't work But a build up to that
0: a lot of that was interaction with the audience and I think it'd be very very easy in that situation to lose control and then be like I can't get this back yeah but I uh, to be fair, I think I think I put myself through years of <laughs> like pushing it to the edge, often losing it, but just to be able to learn to keep that control.
1: It's fun, then I like it. Yeah, I so my exposure to having that audience interaction is much more limited than yours, and it really freaks me out anytime. You, you I try do a to lot learn. more improv than yeah. Me. So recently, I've been. Uh, hosting some improv stuff, so I've done improv comedy for over ten years with Lee Terrell and the Brilliant Laughter Academy based in Southend, and he's given me the opportunity to host some of those shows. Recently, so natural, right? <laughs> and uh, I find it so jarring to try and engage with the public, yeah. the awful public. terrible, terrible public, thanks for listening. (laughs) And everyone is there because they know someone that's in the show, so they should be completely on side with what's happening Yeah, and respect the fact that I am a friend of whoever they've come to see, so there should be something there. But it feels like every time I try and do it, it feels super false or I'll say something, I'm like, that's a very David Brent thing to say rather than it (laughs) seeming like funny or clever.
0: Yeah. I think nine times out of ten, you can generally trust an audience that they are there to have a nice time. Mm. Especially when you're doing a gig where they've paid. Because right. there's a lot of unpaid stand-up gigs that you'll do where people just turn up, they've not paid, and they're like, well, I'm here to have a nice time. I don't care what anyone else thinks. Uh, which will happen at paid gigs, but then at paid gigs they generally get kicked out yeah. um, because they're ruining a lot of people's nights <laughs> who, who've paid to have a nice time. But yeah, generally, they're they're there if it's a nice sort of friendly room... Uh, which you can manipulate as a, as a, an MC or a host or whatever mm-hmm. certainly you, you can you know you could direct that crowd you can you can turn them against you uh, unintentionally. Uh, we've all done it. Yeah, gener- generally you can trust an audience to trust you.' you've, you've got to be able to uh, prove you've got to be worthy of their trust but you know yeah, you're a good enough man. Thanks. Just, we're just here that's, to compliment each other. Yeah, that's yeah. that's
1: all podcasts are really, aren't they? Especially if it's two white yeah, men yeah, in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah just telling. Yeah,
0: <laughs> who was that talking about that earlier? Uh, not earlier. I watched a a show I think it was a, a, a comedian called Alexander Bennett, who's a lovely guy, and I, I spoke to him recently in Cambridge, no less. Oh. Uh, so he's going to come on a podcast at some point, I believe. But uh, he, I watched one of his shows on Next Up last night, mm-hmm. and. Um, who's talking about going to the pub with his friends and like they just made up sort of imaginary awards uh, of like just stupid stuff from sort of their youth uh, and he said but that's what people think if uh, straight white men get together in a pub they just start making up awards to give each other and that's very much what we've started doing here yeah exactly that Is, uh, and that's, that's the thing about observational comedy <laughs> it's very observational very often lovely stuff of
1: tea. It's actually very nice. Thank
0: yeah. you. So we're both drinking, uh, and this was uh, this was a, a I believe a Christmas present from uh, my friend Lawrence Alshar, who he occasionally listens. So if you hey, if you're listening, Lawrence, tell me tell tell me that you heard this. Uh, but yeah, he he bought me a, a big box of Witard's tea, mm. which is delightful. And you're having the afternoon tea, which they describe as our signature blend of black and green tea, expertly balanced with flavours of bergamot. Yeah, I'm getting all of that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what are you, what are you getting the most? Maybe the bergamot. Oh yeah, because it's it's seventy percent black tea, twenty nine percent green tea. Yeah. So presumably
1: one percent flavoring. Yeah, it's the the one percent is really it's really through, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah yeah. Well, that is why it's called flavoring. Very <laughs> much exactly doing its it. job. I can, yeah, if it's one hundred percent flavoring. Too much, I think. That'd be far too strong. Yeah, that's
1: uh, MSG, isn't
0: it? Basically. Oh, I love MSG. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we shouldn't be promoting MSG. MSG but... sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: they are. They're paying the big bucks. Mm. They could do. They've got the money. Um, yeah, imagine if they just rocked up with like a, a big thing of MSG for you. Ooh. That'd be nice. That'd be me. delightful. Also sponsored by Sax Underwear. <laughs> Are you wearing sacks?
0: Yeah, I'm wearing my sacks Yeah, oh, I should have worn my sacks. Uh, now, obviously, we've both heard of that through the Off Menu podcast. Yeah, of course. Uh, when they had Jamie, Jamie Oliver, Oliver, who... Th- does he have stakes in sacks, or is he just a big fan?
1: I think he was just a big fan, but yeah. uh, he's, he bought... he's not having a good week, though, is he? he bought... Is he not? No. What's happening? He's trying to... He's petitioning the government to get rid of buy one get one free deals on what he sees as being bad foods but a lot of lower income families are reliant on those deals because yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to make their money stretch further this is, and this is school he, dinners all over again yeah he doesn't seem to have thought of that and we're still angry about the turkey twizzlers yeah
0: as well we should be
1: yeah um but yeah he was he was talking about sacks he introduced, sax he introduced
0: us to sacks pants mm. which uh, you bought me some as a christmas present birthday <laughs> present uh, no, it was Christmas. It, it was a Christmas, Christmas yeah. present, yeah. And then you got some for your birthday from, yes. uh, from your wonderful girlfriend, yeah. who you forgot to bring tonight. Yeah. She was supposed to be here entertaining
1: my wife. Yeah, I know. And uh, Silly, you, really. You'd think, living together, that yeah. she'd, she'd be along for the ride. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, yeah I but just, you forgot to bring her. Yeah, silly me. It doesn't matter, does it? I think... No. This, it,
0: it, just, it just means that once we've finished this... Uh, instead of me cooking everyone dinner, Emma has to cook everyone dinner and I have to go and pick her up. Yes. I I feel bad
1: and I'm glad <laughs> we've spoken about it because yeah, it's really I'm cleared the air. i glad we brought it up. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I was going to bring up her her nickname for you uh, but I decided decided against it. What, Long Sheer No. Well... Wow. No, uh, but based on the fact that because you uh, obviously you you asked if we had if you had time to go for a wee before we started, yeah, you of said, course I did. I said you did. Yeah, uh, I remember I was thinking about it because I was I was I was thinking um, I think you're one of the few guests on the podcast that's seen my most recent show, and then and then I thought actually no, you've only seen most of it because you had to leave a number of times <laughs> to go to the toilet.
1: That's because we spent the afternoon drinking. No, you did. uh, Okay. You spent the afternoon watching me drink. Yeah. I I spent the afternoon writing my show. Yeah. And then I watched bits of your show, but every 15 minutes, once I'm drinking, I'm a few pints in, I need to go... So how do you
0: explain... um, So we we went on a little trip to Oxford a little while ago. Yeah. We uh, we had a a lovely walk around, a lovely day out. Yeah. uh, And you nipped off to the toilet a number of times.
1: You'd not been drinking. What's the excuse... I had a coffee at some point that day. Oh, of course. And I, yeah.
0: The thing is, basically, Paul's gone. girlfriend, and I'll take this out if you don't like, you can do if you it don't now. want the general public to know, <laughs> wants the nickname to spread around of Pissy Pants It yeah, well,
1: Was it Pants? I thought it was just Pissy Shirnecker.
0: Oh, I think it may have become pissy pants Schueneka. So, oh right, okay, uh, uh, which uh, makes
1: it seem like I piss my pants. I've got control. I just yeah, need to yeah, go. It often.
0: just need to go a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense for it to be pissy pissy Paul, maybe pissy Paul pissy Paul's quite I'm good. I'm sure it's pissy pants. Yeah, because right. we. Oh, so yeah, at the end of um, uh, an episode, a couple of episodes ago, I said that I was going to record this episode with you while we were uh, on holiday in Cornwall. And whilst in Cornwall, we were playing uh, pitch and putt golf uh, where, where you ran off to a bush to have a wee I
1: don't think that's unreasonable uh, I mean we, put, we, we weren't p- out for long we played nine holes of pitch and underneath an <laughs> his I think it was ten holes actually no, yeah there's a, a secret special hole yeah it's behind the last one you just have to don't do that no don't do <laughs> that it was the eye contact and the finger <laughs> point the eye it.
0: contact and the finger
1: so what yeah. what I think would be hilarious and I say this with gallows humour is if I found out I had like prostate cancer or something and I was like that's why I need to piss all the time and you all felt terrible for it I, as far as I know I don't yeah but fingers crossed <laughs> yeah obviously fingers crossed knock on wood I won't because we're recording a podcast and that's poor form but it would serve you all right for giving me a horrible nickname wouldn't it I didn't give it to you the, no the woman you love and left at home gave it to you yeah yeah yeah, that's not the worst thing she calls me.
0: No, no. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah rightly so. <laughs> oh, so uh, and I'm drinking uh, English Rose. <laughs> what a seamless transition! <laughs> Almost as seamless as your plug for Laughter Academy. Yeah, uh, which I, th- I think I actually had this on a on an episode with John Long. And this is described as a village fake tea for scones and strawberry jam with delicate flavours of glorious rose. And it is delightful and you can taste the rose and it's it's, it's like, it's got, it has got that jam. It's got quite a
1: sort of a fruity flavour to it. Will, will you be drinking that at the upcoming Jubilee parties? Oh, I hadn't thought about that. No. It, it feels like the kind of tea I'll, that I'll you be would invited. I, yeah, I should
0: bring it really, English Rose. It's a village fate tea, and what is a Jubilee if not a village fate in a street? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I say that assuming that most people are having street parties for the Jubilee.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine it's, it's it feels like an occasion to have yeah. a, a street party. Are, are you me.
0: having a street party on your street?
1: I imagine my street are having a street party. I don't know <laughs> if the, the two best people... The two best households living on the street will get an invite.
0: <laughs> Somebody remembered up a previous guest from the podcast... No,
1: I was—I actually thought of them. I'd forgotten my partner.
0: <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as is the theme for the day.
1: <laughs> She'll... If, if she ever listened to a podcast that I recommended to her, then she would really laugh at that.
0: Yeah, but, uh, she, she won't, will she? Um, yeah, we both know that. Oh, for crying out loud, I'm going to have to bleak that as well. Uh, she, she won't listen to this either. She can hear it, to be fair. Yeah. She's probably going to text me now and say, stop talking about me. Yeah, anyway, uh, Knock on the wall if you can hear us. I mean, don't whisper while you say it. <laughs> I don't want her to hear us I'm scared. <laughs> she will come, she will beat us. She's very pregnant. She, I don't, that's not a secret. I mean, I announced it on the podcast in January that she was I know you did. pregnant. So at yeah. this point, even if she's only pregnant in January, she's at least five months. Well nearly six months. Yeah, she's doing well.
1: Yeah. And let's face it, she's more pregnant than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's a secret that I've had to keep for a long time.
0: Right. It's not been a secret for that long. So it's been it's been public
1: for quite a while. Have you been keeping it secret? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna announce it on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Okay, her name is going to be.
0: Oh, that secret.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't dare.
0: Oh, wouldn't right, dare. that is a secret. Dare. Yeah, no, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah yeah, I yeah, dare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am honoured. I let that slip. Uh, yeah, I don't think i have even been drinking at that point. No, I think I maybe, had. maybe I think we I had. had. A oh, hand.
1: Yeah, I since so Cy and I, I don't think we've discussed the fact that we went away to Cornwall. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah we, no, I don't know. I not You said Cornwall specifically. You did, you did, did a we. That's yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we drank. Last day. Paying attention. A lot. Uh, sorry. Who are you? <laughs> we drank a lot of Rattler.
0: Where's your girlfriend? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We drank a lot of Rattler, which is Cornish. Right? Yeah, it is. Yes, it's called is Cornish it? Rattler.
0: Yeah it's, yeah.
1: it's the the cider, right? Yeah. When in Cornwall, I would say. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I would say definitely. I haven't stopped thinking about that since we came back. It's it, so have good. Have you ever had it before? I, I think I'd had it before. They sell it in the Alex, do not they? Or they used to? They used to. Mm, yeah. yeah, so I would have drunk it back then. It's one of those things... They briefly sold that's...
0: it nationally in Wetherspoons. And I drank it the night before my sister's wedding and ruined my sister's wedding for myself. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, did not feel good. That's better than ruining your sister's wedding for your sister. Yeah. Because that was my concern. When my brother got married, I was like, just... This is going to be difficult, but don't make it about you, Paul.
0: Yeah, because most things are. I mean, you made today so much about you that you left your partner at home.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did.
0: Look, if I wanted her here, <laughs> she'd be here. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like a like a social assassin. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, if I you just... wanted her dead, she'd be dead. <laughs> she is. She's not dead socially. She is.
1: If she's dead, who's responding to her tweets and stuff? Well? What? Well, does that mean anything? You know, and um, if I was to kill her, I'd I'd keep What's up going on? I'd keep up the pretense by using her phone to keep Uh-oh. responding to people. Is that why she's not here? Yeah, that's why. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, someone called police. <laughs> We've got a crime on our hands.
1: You've, you've brought books out before, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I have.
1: Thanks for bringing it back on That's track. That's okay, yeah. So, I've been... Self-published? Yeah, so I've always I've always written. Uh, when I was a kid, I can remember sitting in my room and like, with the first word processor that we had on our old home computer, I can remember sitting and... the type a typewriter, wasn't it? I'm younger than you, so... I... You look older. Thanks. It's hey, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, but you've got a, a boyish charm about you that not all of us are fortunate enough to have. Sure. Especially okay. as I hit my mid-thirties. Uh, so yeah, I'd sit at the word processor and type out stories. And then I guess some of that got swept aside by the expectation that you have to do something else. Like uh, having any kind of creativity in you is... Shunned when you were in secondary school or in college or whatever yeah, yeah. it happens to be. Uh, so I, I, I studied English at A level and I can remember my tutor telling me that I should be studying it at degree level. And I think she even said that I should be a writer or that I should be definitely doing something with English. And I didn't. I went and studied law. And it was Did only, you? yeah, I'm sure you give that reaction every time I mention it. <laughs> So then I, I studied law. So I you s- go, did you? <laughs> I scraped a degree, and it was only then when I started working. A I was degree? Like, what, sorry? In law. Oh, no way. Yeah. And it was only when I graduated and I started working that I was like, right, I can now go back to the thing that I enjoy doing. And one of the first things that I did was I co wrote a film with two of my friends, Ben Lewis and Luke Bridger, who you know?
0: Uh, I certainly know Luke. You know Luke, okay.
1: yeah. Uh, Ben and I wrote the Stalin musical together Of course So that's Ben And so we we wrote this film together And then ever since then I've just written for With the intention that something would come of it I guess But just for the Just trying to churn stuff through and and develop a a writing style from it And ten years ago I started I wrote the first full novel uh, Which I'd love to look back at now I can't imagine it would be very good but I guess that's the Do you have it. Yeah, yeah. I could probably source it out somewhere. I've like changed several laptops over in that time. But I yeah. think it's probably on a, a file is it, somewhere. Is it in print anywhere? Uh, not that I printed it, but okay. I, I know I like emailed it around to a few friends and stuff. Right. So it might be in a chain of emails. Uh, and it, I, I sent that off to agents, and at that time. You s- you had to send stuff in the post, so you'd, you'd have to post up. You posted a word document. <laughs> so when so it's in print
0: somewhere, well they shredded it. Haven't they? Y-
1: well, what happens is you send the first three chapters. It used to be a full manuscript like back in the day, mm. but they then changed that because people were sending like three hundred page manuscripts in the post, and they were like, "This is ridiculous." They
0: were sending it attached to their typewriters, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I'd send off. Uh, The first three chapters, which is, I don't know, 30 pages probably, A4, and a synopsis and a cover letter, and you send a self-address envelope with that, and then when they don't like your manuscript, they send you that back, so I'd get all of these envelopes back in the post that I'd written to myself because it's your handwriting on the envelope and then it's got your unwanted manuscript in it and then a photocopied note from an agent saying thanks but no thanks and i did that for a couple of years yeah and then was like i'm gonna try the el james approach and self-publish or independently publish and there was a subsidiary of amazon called create space who help farm that process through okay so through create space and they're available on amazon now no other good booksellers will have them and there are five books that are up there so i wrote a book a short stories called where Does all the money go which is about university and then i wrote a novel called "The stamp collective was the first one uh i then wrote two travel journals yalla and i've got soul and then a sequel called the stamp brotherhood so they're all available online uh, and while I've been doing that, I've also continuously, like, at least once a year, I've been sending stuff off to agents. And at some point, they... Is it the
0: first book again?
1: Yeah, yeah. Every, every year, I just send that <laughs> yeah, off. Just see. see if it's any better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's them. They're, their tastes need to catch up with course, my, yeah, my style. Of course, yeah, yeah. They need
0: to... Uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd to appreciate I've, I've written at
1: least a book a year for the last 10 years, and they're, really... they're just all, like, sat. Uh, I've read
0: a <laughs> One book every two years, I would say. Yeah, we we have an
1: ongoing joke, don't we, about your reading yeah. of yeah. Perfect Sounds? Yeah, 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 like book. yeah.
0: When did I start that? Before lockdown.
1: Wow. Well, no!
0: no, 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 no. I don't way. think that's correct. Uh, it could be. Yeah, I've been seems. reading it for a long time.
1: Yeah, I'm a slow reader. I know you are. It's that's oddly charming. I don't have the attention to that. I know so i'm not expecting you to read this one and so yeah at at some point agents (laughs) change their process so you can then email the first three chapters and a synopsis and then at the start of the pandemic i wrote this book the counterfeiter of Auschwitz, and i sent it off to agents in september of 2020 and for the first time ever an agent got back to me like two days after i submitted and asked if they could read the full manuscript which is amazing. Uh, I stuff. I cried Very because well done. it yeah. was. Uh, I felt like I'd done. You know like the ten thousand hours thing. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I'll probably hear that by this point. Uh, so I sent them the full manuscript, and two days later they rejected it and was like, "Yeah, the rest of the book isn't as good as those first three chapters." Very good reason for that. I spent ages honing the first three chapters, yeah, and I had not edited to the same level with the rest of the book. So using the fact that an agent had asked for a full manuscript, I was then able to message all of the agents I'd sent it to and say, another agent has asked for the full manuscript. Would you be interested in reading it? And maybe like five of them got back to me and having read the first three and said they wanted to read the full. And I had some really nice feedback from it and it kind of calmed down a little towards Christmas. And then one of the, the last agents who I hadn't heard back from messaged me just before Christmas and said that he was interested in it, and was I still looking for representation? And we've been working on it together since. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. We uh, I'm signed to him now, so I've got an agent, which is a congratulations. Monthly. Thank you. It's a lovely development to have. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those like high watermarks for where like my journey, and it was something that I'd wanted for a long time. And I was like, right, if I if I get to that point, that'll be it, and then I'll I'll be satisfied. Yeah, and. As you know, because I know um, you've yeah. you've hit targets in your uh, comedy career as well. You hit that thing, and then you're like, right, okay, what yeah, what happens what, next? Yeah, and there's a there's a story. I think I've heard it second or third hand. There's a story that Dax Shepard tells on the Armchair Expert podcast.
0: Is it sit in the chair?
1: <laughs> oh my god, that's it! Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> there's a story that Dax tells on his podcast about when Matt Damon won the Oscar for *Goodwill Hunting, and he's got this Oscar in his hand, he's like, in shock, He can't believe, that this this is the highest accolade that you can get as an, yeah. as an actor. And he takes the Oscar, and he's at this party, and he's just like carrying it around, and he goes into the toilet, and he puts the Oscar on the side, and he takes a piss, and he's like, I've got an Oscar, but I still have to piss. And I think that's... A really important thing to remember, like especially yeah, as me, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like more than anyone, more than Matt Damon, I need a piss, yeah. Uh, so yeah, despite all of those goals that you might hit, you've still got to live in your body and still got to be the sure. person that you are. So, all of that stuff is a lovely metric of where you've got to, but then falls away to pissing and pooping. Everything does, in my yeah. life at least. Yeah, a lot of your comedy. So much pooping. Oh yeah, there's a surprising amount of pooping. Do you do you still do the story about the when you came it's, it's to rush time? In the yeah, in your, in your yeah, four yeah, levers. Yeah, I don't it's want in, to say too much. This, it's in the show. Mm. Yeah, which you which you've seen. Good. Yeah. Uh, it, well, I was at, I went to the toilet for that bit. Did you miss that? Bit? No, no, I heard that bit. I just wonder because I know oh, yeah, it, I know you just the, asked about it. <laughs> I know <laughs> that because oh, it's an hour-long show. I know that these things changes and develop because that was like the first preview screen, first wasn't ever, it? Yeah. yeah, which was really cool. I was really pleased that you asked me to do that. There's little in the in the same way that uh, winning an Oscar will be a nice moment. There's there's little key markers. Along our friendship that I really appreciate as well, and it felt yeah. like when you asked me to come and watch your your preview, that was that was a nice little metric. Oh, lovely! Well, are you going to come and see it in Camden? No. Oh. <laughs> <Good. Yeah. laughs> I, that... I won't
0: be doing I won't be doing the show in Camden. I'll be reading your book.
1: What dates are you at uh, Ace's Night? Uh, that's the 25th and the 27th of August. The 25th and the 27th of August, you say?
0: Yes, that is a Thursday and a Friday, oh. Saturday.
1: Oh dear.
0: That wouldn't make sense, would it? As a Thursday and a Saturday, uh, of uh, in, in,
1: at the end of August. Look, I'm putting it in my diary right now. Yeah, you
0: are coming to both shows. <laughs>
1: That's a. It's a really cool venue. It's a really cool venue. Have you yeah, been there before? I have. Yeah, I saw Pope Lonigan there. Yeah. Um, quite early on in his stand-up career. And my friend Mike Wheeler was on the same bill as well. Oh
0: yeah, lovely yeah.
1: And they sort of came up together. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and they were both amazing. Like I have this.
0: Mike was great. Yeah, I've, yeah. He yeah. stopped stand up now, but yeah, yeah, he's
1: doing more writing stuff. Yeah, and that that seems to be going well. There's, I, I just feel very fortunate that I have this wonderful collection of. It sounds like really wanky and bohemian. There's this wonderful collection of, like, artists and writers and musicians and comedians that are in my immediate yeah. friendship group. It's a, it's a lovely, uh, lovely community. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all very South End centric as well. And I yeah. think there's, there's something, maybe it's, um, I was going to quote Morrissey, but I don't agree with the the things that he's said or done recently. Yeah. It's the seaside town that they forgot to close down. I think yeah. that's from an era of Morrissey where it's okay to quote Morrissey, right?
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean let's face it, deep down he's always been the same person, but Oh yeah. But before before we knew. Yeah, before we yeah. knew. Does that make it okay? Like uh... was was
1: Savile in the nineties okay because we didn't know? You are you that's not the same thing. That is absolutely not the same thing. You're telling me that if uh I was trying to catch you out. Yeah, I know you I know you were. <laughs> Imagine if I just went oh yeah, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get cancelled on this podcast, I <laughs> So, yeah, being from South End, I do feel like there's this wonderful network of people. Yeah. And I, there was like a weird instance. I was... So, I, I, alongside being a writer, I, I have a, an ordinary everyday job that I do that I also very much enjoy. And I was in the office, so this was pre-COVID, and someone was talking about comedy, or I think they were trying to arrange a night to go to like Jonglers or Comedy Store or right. something like that. And they were talking about that, and I said, in... In context, I was like, well, all the comedians that I know are this way inclined about whatever the subject matter was. And someone scoffed and was like, how many comedians do you know? And I was like, I could not count. <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, yeah. There are so many people locally who I feel so fortunate to be friends with. And then when I get to see them perform as well, there's just something so magnetic about that at the same time. Yeah. And it's a really lovely thing. Like I, I came to the Alex on Sunday night. Because I looked through the bill, so this is uh, Ross Mcgrane's little smash, which is on. It's a free to enter comedy show. It's been running for nine years at the Alex in South End, yeah. and every week he has six, seven, eight, nine comics, like newbies and people on the circuit who are trying out new material, and it's fantastic. And I looked through the bill for you get Sunday paid night. by these local that's saks underwear, <laughs> saks underwear and msg, and I looked through the bill and I was like. Half of this group of people are friends of mine, and I'd love to be able to go and watch them yeah. and support. And then, in addition to that, is uh, Will Hitt was on the bill, who he's I'm, great. A, he's brilliant. I'm a big fan of. I've not spoken to him yet, but he's so there's something so dry yeah. and so fragile about his comedy. I'd love to get him on a podcast, but
0: I, I, I can't imagine what a prolonged conversation would be like with him.
1: Because he'd outsmart you. I mean, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> he he strikes me as being very eloquent and very intelligent. Yeah. But it could just be that he's putting everything into that 10 minutes. And that could be everything. Well,
0: I mean, I mean, I've spoken to him off stage because I've giggled with him a number of times. Right, uh, And he's the same person. Like yeah, he, yeah. That continues. And I don't know if... Because there's, um, there's a legendary comedian from... Uh, and I'll, I'll call him a comedian, sure. From everyone's era mm. uh, from like he just does sort of mic stuff I don't know if he's still going he move to Birmingham I believe right. uh, called Dangerous Tea who if any comedians are listening to this everyone knows Dangerous Tea yep. uh, it's just the, the most bizarre human being and there was a theory going around so he um, he used to be there's a video of him and he was a, like a backing dancer for like some big pop act and like, he was doing break dancing and all sorts and everyone knows him from the comedy scene for being sort of very slow-moving, very slow-talking, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, with And he walks around with... Uh, he's always got these headphones on and he's got a crutch. Um, and like he just sort of limps onto the stage and he'll do his stuff and sort of leaning on this crutch, like chatting away. And uh, a very funny man. Bizarre. Bizarre human being. Mm. But, uh, but a lovely bloke. And there's a theory about him. Someone once said that they're sure they saw him just get on a bus, just walk around. <laughs> but like you talk to him off stage and he's the same. He talks really slowly right. and he's got his crutch and he's sort of limping so, around. I'm, and I'm, you I'm, see him on his way to gigs and he's limping and someone
1: reckons that when you see him and he's not gigging, he just walks normally. This reminds me of The Prestige. Have you seen The Prestige? I, I don't believe I have. Okay, there's this would be a huge spoiler. There, There's just an element of that. If people know The Prestige... Uh, and I mentioned the fishbowl, they'll, they'll know. You're not thinking of usual suspects, are you? Is there a... I don't I have... I only, I think I've only seen usual suspects once, and I was so, so, so stoned. <laughs> <laughs> so stoned. That was... And this was how long ago it was. I was smoking solid. Oh. Yeah. Good grief. So, it was a, a dark time. I was in <laughs> a... A bedsit or a flat... Yeah let's, yeah, let's not get into that. So, Will here is... Uh, Can I just so say in... in in usual suspects, will we'll hit be- is Kaiser K- Soze.
0: Kevin Spacey. Yeah, before before we knew, before we knew. And yeah, does that make it okay? No, nope. no, nope. uh, well, no, I don't know why, I don't know why I hesitated. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna remove that hesitation mm. very much so, leave a gap. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, obviously, hor- horrendous man, um, as, as we know now, um. And uh, he
1: At the end Like he, he Walked around for limp The whole time Right okay I thought you it's, were... what, it's what the end of Scary movie was based on Yeah yeah on. Of course Yeah I knew that I thought you. I thought that there was Something between Kaiser Soze and a fish bowl That I'd forgotten Because uh, was no, out of wasn't, my box Wasn't there a fish At the end
0: like in a there, there might have been I don't know The greatest oh, that, that might, that might The greatest
1: be. trick The devil ever pulled Was convincing the world The fish didn't exist
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah convincing the world The fish
1: didn't need a bowl <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got a fun story on that, but I wanted to tell you how much I enjoy Will Hitt's comedy before we get sidetracked into something else. Oh, yeah, you should have brought it up earlier. You should call this podcast Sidetracked. Huh? You can have that. Yeah, thanks, mate. So, yeah, Will Hitt was one of the comedians on the bill who I don't know, but I very much enjoy his comedy and his aesthetic and his styling and his delivery and it's self-deprecating and wonderful and eloquent and beautiful. And he seems so just bereft in his skin it's wonderful to watch so the story about the fish my my brother the youngest uh when he was this is this is actually borderline uh psychopathic behavior isn't it like cruelty to animals bedwetting oh no i'm in there <laughs> what's the third there's a third one isn't there uh.
0: <laughs> killing your friends, don't know.
1: Yeah, that I do. Yeah, it. Killing family members. So my Fancy brother, your when when he was, oh no, that's that's Oedipal, isn't it? I don't know if that's psychopathic. I don't know. I mean, psycho, famously in love with his mum, Norman Bates. That's true. Yeah, he yeah. was a psychopath. He was. Um, no, I... Ch- uh, yeah, childhood. Oh, head injury. That's the third head one. Head injury. Anyway, when my brother was little, he... Hit his head. He didn't... He, he hit his head, pissed his pants. <laughs> and then fucked his mouth. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Well, what a Thursday that was. He, he was, like, really young. Probably not even in primary schools. So like, yeah. We'll say he's four, because it seems fairly innocuous. Sure. And he... Me and my other brothers, there's me, Rob, and Ed, and Ed's the youngest, and shout out because I send him podcasts all the time that he'll never listen to, and Ed, (laughs) me and Rob had pet goldfish, and Ed thought that the goldfish were cold, so he took Rob's goldfish from the fish tank and poured boiling water on it. To warm it up Did he know he's killing it because that's no, not necessarily psychopathic
0: no, have... so much as it is a sort of a, a Lenny sort of yeah, situation yeah yeah it does and weirdly robs the Lenny. it too much. Rob's
1: the Lenny of our
0: group yeah yeah. I mean, for a second there you were telling a story that I was not sure I was going to be able to leave in the podcast
1: <laughs> what did you think he was going to do with it eat it I don't know is he eating it worse or better is it alive <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah yeah, let's move on. Let's yeah, uh, really swiftly. You you drink tea? Yep. Yeah, what's you what's your go to tea? Um, this is probably gonna upset some proper tea people. I like Yorkshire tea. So far, so good. Yep. Uh, bag in first. Oh no, where's this going? Then hot water. Leave it for six minutes.
0: Six minutes? Yeah.
1: Take the tea bag out. Oat milk. Yeah, because you were vegan. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't want to bring it up, but yeah. And if I'm feeling particularly spicy, I'll put some sugar in there as well. Maybe take a teaspoon of sugar. Uh, I've also, I think you might have got me into their biscuit tea, mm-hmm. which is also very good. And that feels like. it's so good it shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed to have it unless it's bedtime yeah yeah, it's very uh, like mealy yeah Mm, it's really good yeah it should be an occasional treat but it absolutely does not have to be yeah Yorkshire tea is the the premium tea I would say yeah and uh, I will fight anyone who says otherwise
0: Uh, Smuggler's Brew oh Smuggler's Brew damn it which I introduced you to yeah you did
1: it feels like so much of our friendship is tea-based, but that's just because you are a habitual tea drinker. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. Mm.
1: Um, <laughs> on on long journeys, one of uh, mine and my partner's favourite things to do is to get coffee before the journey, and then if if needed, during the journey, and then at the end, we reward ourselves with coffee. But any time we've stopped in the service station with you, I know you're going to get a tea. Of course I'm going to get a it. tea. There's, yeah, there's something very charming about that.
0: Yeah. I'm quite charming.
1: Yeah, I've complimented you a lot, haven't I? You have. It's been really lovely. I mean,
0: should I repay the favour? Not sure. You're very bold.
1: Mm. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, you're a handsome fellow and a, a great writer.
1: Why was that the hardest one for you? Because to I say? just
0: read a question that really amused me uh, in in reference to the conversation that we're having, okay. which is a question I'll ask you in a minute. And when I ask it, you'll understand why that okay. was so funny. But I do mean it. You're you are you are a great writer, uh, and you deserve every success that it, that you have.
1: Aww. Do you like to dunk a biscuit? Yes, I do, and uh, I I believe that certain biscuits are designed to be dunked. Go on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what a
0: great. I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, of on. course
1: you are. So, the only way to. Salvage the taste of a rich tea or a digestive is to dip it in a cup of tea. Otherwise, they're completely unpalatable. Uh,
0: like non chocolate. Yeah, non. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cho- chocolate, I was about to have a really caramel sure what and what chocolate. It, yeah. Absolutely.
1: And they, if you if you do a quick dunk for them, so you just get a little of the melted chocolate on there, they can be improved by dipping it in a cup of tea. A hobnob is the only biscuit. This is like a what's his name, the garlic bread man. This is his bit, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. He he does a bit about hobnobs. It could be his bit, he? he may have
0: stolen it. Yeah,
1: he does a bit about hobnobs, doesn't he? About how they're like don't me again, dunk not me again. Maybe. Is that his bit? It feels like him or Michael McIntyre, someone so broad. So, bit, sounds like, like a 2 Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, a hobnob can take a, a real they're like the Oh uh, Hardy. the Hardy. They're green, like the bounty. The green berets Is it bounty? The, the, the strongest soaker up. Yeah. Yeah, one sheet Sponsor of the pod Oh, it's Plenty Plenty so it's called... I think Plenty does it as well One Sheet
0: or... does Plenty one. Yeah, uh, yeah One Sheet One Sheet Yeah, that's good Yeah uh, There's and also do. do you remember
1: <laughs> Burley from the Simpsons episode? Oh uh, I feel like I do Yeah, Marge becomes obsessed with Burley It's got like a big lumberjack man on the side of the packaging Yeah And I think at one point she drains a lake using <laughs> some rolls of Burley Yeah, it sounds like a Simpsons yeah. thing, yeah um, so that's my favourite tea <laughs> biscuit yeah, yeah. The well, we went the yeah I think the, uh, I think hobnobs the plenty of the bur- the burly biscuit yeah yeah uh, I've also at the moment we've got some coconut rings and they're pretty good in a cup of tea okay yeah I wouldn't have thought it no interesting uh, I'm
0: also but then you've got oat milk in
1: there so you mix in those yeah you're oh, essentially pretty... making a
0: macaroon yeah
1: yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm going for. And then I don't know how this is, how other people feel about this. So I remember, I've never had a Tim Tam. Are you familiar with Tim Tams? Oh, yeah. Are they they're like, like the, the finger? Yeah, I think so. Like they're a soft they're, finger. It's, uh, it's like an Australian. <laughs> it's an Australian <laughs> chocolate biscuit, I think. And I remember <laughs> seeing something at some point. You've really... <laughs> oh, God. Oh, is it recognise your thumbprint? Yeah, no, goes away. You're not a koala, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, so a Tim Tam, you're supposed to bite off the corner of each side and then you suck your tea through it.
0: Oh, like a penguin.
1: Yeah, so so I've started doing that with anything. A Kit Kat will do it, a penguin I will do it. I was
0: introduced to that concept on this very podcast by uh, Jos Norris, who suggested I do it. But I was drinking a mint tea at the time, oh. realised I had a mint penguin in the uh, in the cupboard. It was wonderful. Cause you put it in your mouth and the whole inside of it just melts. Yeah, it's yeah. Just liquid. It's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like the T one thousand.
0: Sure. I mean that works on two levels, and I appreciate that. But uh, what I really you, like, you is, look undeservedly pleased with yourself when that's, when, that's when, that's when I make a joke and
1: someone doesn't laugh, but they tell me that they appreciate it. That's the goal. That's what I'm aiming for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That's what I do in my stand up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> just a room full of people saying, "I appreciate you." <laughs> Uh, right here's what I was laughing about uh what I was laughing about because I, I read this while saying that you're a really good writer. What's the best lie you've ever been told?
1: <laughs> the best lie I've ever been told yeah
0: so for instance, um I used to know a guy who told me that uh he had a new job and this is he generally told me this uh, he had a new job and his job was... To operate a heli gun that was attached to the back <laughs> of a truck that was transporting two cars that were each worth five million pounds, and it was his job to shoot anybody who tried to steal them. And he was a grown adult at this point. I've got to point that out. That's incredible. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, oh, I don't know if I've got anything that's on that level. oh, oh there's, there's a league of things in Shearnecker law mm. uh, that it turns out we're all just brilliant players. Oh, okay, right. So, buckle in. When we were kids, anything weird that my granddad did, who's Dutch, that's where my surname comes from, anything weird that he did, my dad would pass it off by saying it was a Dutch thing. So he used to eat everything in a sandwich. So any time you gave him a meal, you had to give him two slices of bread. And he would make a sandwich of whatever he was oh, eating. Anything. And then. Did he you ever make
0: a lasagna sandwich? Oh,
1: I don't think I ever saw him. Here. So in I a, a lot of it. the time, he'd come over on a Sunday. He'd bring some grapes and uh, a bottle of M&S alcohol-free sparkling wine uh-huh. called Moscato Fizz, which me and my brothers used to drink and think that we were getting pissed. And then he'd walk around the house farting until dinner time. And he would make a sandwich of a roast, an entire roast dinner, and then he'd eat it with a knife and fork. And my dad would just go, it's, it's a Dutch thing, they they eat they eat sandwiches with knives and forks. And That's we amazing. Just, we just need to respect that. And then he, sadly, he passed away when I was in my 20s, so I, I felt quite fortunate that we'd, yeah. we'd had a relationship. He didn't, like, pass when I was a baby or anything. So I, I knew him as an adult, and he'd kind of seen me develop, and... Then after he passed away, I mentioned that I think when I was in Amsterdam or to to some Dutch people that I'd met, Right. and they were like, oh, "I'm sorry, what?" <laughs> so in, oh, what a time to find it out! Yeah, and then also in that same vein, when I was 12 years old, uh, my dad was like, "Well, you're you're 12 teen now." Uh, I said, I'm sorry, what? He was, he was like, oh, in, in Dutch culture, when you turn 12, you're a teenager. So they say 12 teen. But he'd do it with a bad Dutch accent. And he'd be like, 12 Amazing. And he then, so he was told that by my nan, who was English, but lived in Holland and that's where she met my granddad. And then eventually returned to the UK once I'd had, had my uncle and had my dad here. And so so she, she was really into Dutch culture and she, she spoke fluent Dutch, like better than my granddad did, who grew up there. And so she was the one that had told him when he reached 12 that he was teen, that he'd become a teenager. And she passed away before this point. Right. And when my granddad came over some point like my 12th birthday-ish, uh, my dad was like, hey, yeah. Paul's 12-teen Paul's now, isn't he? And my grandmother was like, what? <laughs> and my dad said, 12-teen? Like in, in Holland, when you turn 12, you're a teenager, aren't you? And my grandmother was like, we we told you that because you were jealous of your older brother that, that he'd become a teenager, <laughs> so we told you that you were a teenager. Oh,
0: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so that
0: lie existed for 30 years. That is a wonderful lie. Mm. Love it. That's great. Uh, Right, I've got one more question that we're going to finish off on. Okay. Um, and this is it's a brand new one. Ooh. This is, what's the best thing you've ever seen someone get unexpectedly excited about? Now, uh, my example here yeah. is uh, when we were in Cornwall mm. and we saw that uh, group of reprobates uh, walking along. And I thought they were going to start kicking off. And then they saw a car where someone had just put the windscreen wipers up. A standard prank, and they saw that, and the oh, group yeah. of them just went, "Oh God, look at that! it's amazing! Oh my God, look at that over there! Oh my God, they put those window wipers up!" And it was incredible, and they were so happy about
1: it. I, I loved it. That is wonderful. Yeah. I so I don't, I can't say this is the the best example of that, but it's the first one that comes to mind. Uh, I was I was working with this guy, my friend Darren. And he invited me to his then-girlfriend's birthday. I'd met her a couple of times. And it turned out that he'd invited me because all of her friends were awful. And he wanted (laughs) someone... Normal? Someone grounded. uh, Someone with incredible talent. And an ability to help out with some party prep. And here I am. So he... We went over to her, her... Someone in her family had like this amazing house near Islington, so we went over there and were like prepping for this party. And he put me in charge of cheese and pineapple. And I all I had to do was like cut squares of cheese, cut yeah. pineapple, put it on sticks, and then lay it out on a tray. And at one Thank point, you for the explanation, explanation of how well, cheese and pineapple people people might have assumed that I was together. making a hedgehog, that would have been my first choice. Oh, but that what, what, Darren Darren's American, so I don't think he was familiar with that. Teach him? yeah, it was it, that was on me. I'm seeing him for his birthday in a couple of weeks. Okay. I might okay. make it. Yeah, yeah, I might make him a, a cheese and pineapple. Is this still with this? Is, uh, no. Okay, good. I'm laying out the cheese and pineapple on the tray, and I realize that there is more cheese than there is pineapple. So I'm like. The obvious thing is to double up on the cheese, right? Yeah. So, so some of them, and they're all, they're, they're secreted about the place, but some of them have got two lots of cheese on them. But they're all on the tray together. You can't really tell because it, pineapple's yellow. It's a, it's a mild cheddar. That's how boring she was as a person. On this tray together, I help out with some other bits and pieces. The party starts. People are, like, helping themselves to food. They're like, this is the best cheese and pineapple I've ever had in my life. Oh, my God. And then someone picked one up, and they're like, this has got two cheeses on it. And Darren came over to me and he's like, Paul, did you, did you double cheese? He's American. Did I I say he's American? You did, yeah. Uh, This is a very good impression of him. Okay. Paul, did you double cheese? (laughs) I said, yeah, there was more cheese than there was pineapple. So I double cheesed. And he laughed so much at that and calls me double cheese to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is wonderful. (laughs) Or DC, DC for short.
0: Double cheese. That's great. Oh, that is that is a wonderful thing to get excited about. Yeah. It's called new double cheese. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Great. I i realised that we um it nearly came up earlier, uh, about Tim Rock Bellhop. But it's oh, t- yeah. t- too late now. Oh, it's too late. Yeah. One of the best characters to have ever been created.
1: Uh by anyone or what, by me? By you. Okay.
0: Yeah. Good. That's fair. It's up there. Top top hundred of all wow. time.
1: Yeah, 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 I'll take that. Yeah. Is verbal kint up there? Pardon? Verbal kint. From the usual suspects. It was a callback. So thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. So. This, has been, this has been really lovely. I. Got anything to plug? I could sit and talk to you all day. Yeah. And I tend to. Yeah, you're uh, Stuff I can plug? Mmm. My books are on Amazon, Yeah, and my blog, com is updated weekly. Um, uh, what's the
0: trick for getting people to know how to spell your surname?
1: Um, it's, is there so one? So an old next-door neighbour used to have a rhyme for it. I don't know if that will help people. Go on.
0: I mean, it's going to be written down in the podcast
1: yeah, description anyway. I think it would... This was a neighbour that I lived next to until I hours, maybe seven or eight years old, so my memory of this isn't great. Yeah. Uh, but she'd go, S-C-H-I-E-R-N-E-C-K-E-R. And that somehow helped her sure. get it. I'm like, is that right? Is that a rhyme? All right, not a rhyme. What do you want me to do? Like, S is for Sheernecker, C is for Cheernecker, H is for Heernecker. Is that what you want? That would be an acrostic. <laughs> also not the alright. worst <laughs> the worst yeah. I'm going to write you I'm going to write you a, write, I'm gonna write you a <laughs> Sheer Necker rap would you like that no okay I sort of would, actually. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what if you write one record it mm. I'll, I'll I'll slap it on the end of the podcast okay cool I'll see what I can do yeah where I normally play the uh, the the um, the, the thing, the thing. Yeah, oh, yeah at the
1: end I'll replace that oh, with okay. uh, that's really good by the way I know we've spoken about it before yeah very, very yeah, cool. Really, really pleased with that. Yeah. Uh, Mike Darragh, who goes by
0: Darra Sounds, is on Fiverr. Uh, he's a friend of mine, and uh, I was one of his early clients. Very good. Very worth the money. Cheap, and a quick turnaround. So, yeah, great stuff. Good. There's my plugs. Uh, go on, your
1: plugs, your books are on Amazon. My books are on Amazon. I'm on all of the social media platforms that you can find. If you can spell my surname, you can probably find my social media. It's all under Paul Schienecker or under Schienecker, etc. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll have a, a book available in actual shops at some point in the future. Yeah. That's, that's the goal, Do, isn't do it? you have
0: any idea on a timeline?
1: It's hard to say, so we're working, me and this agent are working together on it at the moment, yeah. and then hopefully a publisher will pick it up, and then Netflix or HBO will make a series of it, Yeah, and then, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. I can go to LA and do some podcasts with proper people.
0: Wow.
1: What a piece of
0: shit. <laughs> That'd be a really good place to just cut off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, no, I,
1: oh, I can't do that to you, can I? What a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for coming on, Paul.
0: <laughs> right. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's late now, let's go and, let's go yeah, and yeah. get your girlfriend, go and... go and pick her up so that we can eat dinner. Yeah, we better. I mean, you are a piece of shit, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. Thanks, Paul. Thanks to everyone for listening. Bye.
1: Say bye. Bye. Future home wrecker. C is for the care I give to warm you like. Ready breaker and H is on my helipad while you're riding on my chopper. I is for me actually and the beats I like to drop. Uh, e is for the. I'm bringing to my verses And R is what the pirates shout While the harpies sing their curses N is for the Neverlands Written in my history E is for electricity I generate mysteriously C is for the contacts I may tread in old ground And K is for kilometers I cover with no sound for efficiency, I'm dropping all the rhymes. An R is for the are you sure you've caught it all this time? So take the time to hear it out my never ending story. You're spelling out my surname, my of glory.
0: So that was Paul Schiernecker. I think I'm putting the wrap in before. If not, it's after this. I think I'm gonna put it in before. It's it's amazing. I love that. It just knocked that out in a day. Wonderful. Very happy with that. So yeah, you can go and check Paul out. He's he's just it's Paul Schiernecker and stuff and Schiernecker etc. As he says, links to that will go up. Find my links as I say. Linktr.ee forward slash sides. My link tree sideys, and. Uh, if you listen to this this week then on saturday that is saturday the 22nd of april i will be back at cambridge fringe which i referenced during the episode where when i did cyclops there it was one of the best shows i've ever done ever and i loved it so much so i'm back this year doing my new show best thing ever so if you if you hear this it's Going to be six pm at Thursday. It's the same venue as that last year in Cambridge, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful show. If not, uh, I'm doing Hastings Fringe in June. I'm going to be doing Cyclops at Brighton Fringe in May, and that's going to be great. That's going to be so uh, you know just before I record the show, hopefully. And I'm also doing the best thing ever. It's in a it's in a few places, but yeah, I, I I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be great. Just go 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 and find tickets for that. I, either from my website or from my Linktree, uh, linktr.ee forward slash sideeves. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for coming back. It's really wonderful to be able to do these podcasts again. It's just, yeah, it's just nice to, to be to be able to do it. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a lovely day and drink a lovely tea. I love you. I'll see you next time. Bye.